Are you a woman searching for purpose and success? A housewife? Maybe a single mother? You're in the right place. Welcome to Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast with Ms. Lisa Nobles. Activate. Motivate. Inspire. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast. I am Miss Lisa Nobles, your host, and I am so excited and elated to have you join in with me today. Speaking of today, our topic will consist of healing through words with Sierra Arnold, and I am very excited to share her story with you today. Someone will be touched. I have a very important guest joining me for this special empowerment session segment excuse me you know how I get I get jumbled on my words when I get excited at the Savvy Speaks Roundtable this segment is dedicated to identifying keys that will help us to heal through words so let's give a warm welcome to our guest queen Sierra Arnold who is Arnold who is an author a spoken word artist and I am so elated about that piece of it family she's gonna share I don't want to tell you all the secrets before it's her opportunity to speak but this is so I love this part of the show and it's something different and I'm just excited to share that peace with you. She's also a poet and most importantly outside of being an author she is a motivational speaker. Family our focus again today is on healing through words with Sierra Arnold who is the author of A Word at a Time Healing Through Words which we will talk about how you can get a hold to her book a little bit later but Let's just jump right on into the next segment. So, Sierra, welcome again, Queen. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm definitely excited. So, um, as you mentioned, I am a published author. I am a motivational speaker, a poet, a blogger. Um, more importantly for me, I am a wife and a mother of three very, very rambunctious children. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that being a wife and a mother are my most important roles Mm -hmm. in my life. Um, and it hasn't always been like that. Um, so that's where kind of where healing through words came from, just going through things in my life and finally getting to where I am today. Awesome. I love that. And we're going to learn more about Miss Arnold here in a second. Are you ready, family? Then let's talk about it. About it. Healing through words with author Sierra Arnold family. Are you ready to talk about how words will and can help us heal through the transitions of life? So, all right, Sierra, let's jump right in. I'm going to start by asking what made you start a word at a time? Oh, wow. Um, actually, around four years ago, so it's been over a little bit of four years, um, my husband had an affair that totally changed the trajectory of our marriage, my growth as a woman, um, our growth as a couple. Um, in the beginning, it totally, totally destroyed me. And I didn't know how to deal. I completely shut down. And I was in a very, very dark space. Mm -hmm. And so what I did, I wrote. I wrote every single day. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been a writer since I I was 10 years old. So it it came naturally. Mm -hmm. But I was in such a dark, dark, deep place 
that I had no choice but to write it. And mm-hmm. every day I would write, I would write, and I would write. And everything was so sad and depressing. Um, it was just, and it, and it also led to me dealing with other, other things in my life, such as um, having issues with my dad, me being diagnosed with um, depression as well as bipolar. Mm-hmm. It just, this was in 2014. So that year was just a tough, tough year. Um, falling up to actually the beginning of this year where I find I'm finally okay. And I can say that and mean it. Right. I love that. Now, real quickly, you said that following up now that you're okay and you can say that and you mean it, what made you come to that conclusion? Why now can you mean what you say as far as what was based on your history, your pain of the, you know, your husband cheating on you and kind of destroying that relationship? Why now do you have the courage to be in this position? I think, well, prior to, I think for a lot of women, a lot of mothers and wives, we don't have the luxury of being down for long. Right. Um, so I had to pick myself up very quickly because I had right. a family to take care of. I had a job to go to. I had school to attend. I had things to do. So I put on a face as if I was okay. Right. Um, and I did that for two or three years when deep inside I wasn't. Right. And I was participating in, in things and acts and being around people that were no good for my healing. Right. And it wasn't towards the end of last year of 2017 where I was like, you know what? Enough. Right. I need to be okay. I need to mean it. I need to feel it. Right. And so that's when I took the necessary steps and action to make that a reality and not just say it for the sake of my family, not just say it for the sake of saving faith or to put on for social media. Right. I took proactive steps to make sure that I was truly okay. Right. And when you took those proactive steps, which matter of fact, I'm going to save that because I know that during the interview, some of those steps are going to come to fruition. So what inspired mm-hmm. you to inspire you, Sierra, to write your book? So I would post little pieces here and there on my Facebook page. I would share them with some close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think when you go through a traumatic event, you truly think it's just you. No right. one else would understand how you feel or what you're going through. When I started sharing little pieces with family and friends on my social media, mm-hmm. people understood it. And I was right. like, oh, my God, really? Y'all get it? Right. And I would get um, women in my inbox. Oh, my God, dear, I went through the same thing. Or I understand. Right. Or I know somebody who went through it. Um, and so my dad actually, he was like, well, Cece, put together a book. And I'm yes. like, really? Who would read what I went through? Right. And he says, just do it. So I took my journal. Um, and seriously, I just put it in the book. And that's why right. it's not, for me, it's not really cohesive. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is short stories and poetry and my thoughts. I and I put that. it out there and it was huge. It was huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Sierra, I really can identify with what you're speaking about today, mm-hmm. but I really love that you that you had that support system who encouraged you to move forward, mm-hmm. which is touching 
hundreds of thousands of other people, I'm sure, are many other people. And hopefully someone who will hear this podcast will be able to identify with your stories as well. So what motivates you to advocate for mental health issues? Um, Because I was diagnosed with, clinically diagnosed with depression in September of 2015. Mm-hmm. And it the situation with my husband happened in 2014. So I went from January, 2014, all the way until fall of 2015 mm-hmm. being miserable, being in this dark place. Right. Um, and I finally went to go see a psychiatrist and he was like, yeah, you're, you're depressed. You right. need medication. And at first I was like, no way. I'm not crazy. Right. Forget this, forget you. And I was, and I was in such a denial that I, w- I just refused to take the medication and I think I got worse. Right. Um, and so, but I continued to see a therapist. I continued to see the, the psychiatrist without being on medication. Uh, and I think I spiraled out of control and he approached me with the idea of me being bipolar. Yes. No, absolutely not. That was my reaction to him. Nope. I'm not crazy. I'm right. not this. Uh, I'm not bipolar. I don't have any symptoms. Of course. Um, so forget you. And I stopped seeing that psychiatrist. Right. I just totally stopped. Mm-hmm. Went to waited a couple of months. I went to go see a second psychiatrist. This was a female, black female. I'm like, oh, okay, she can relate. She'll get it. Right. She said the exact same thing. Um, you you have depression, bipolar. Um, but at this time, I did decide to get on the medication mm-hmm. for depression. But I said, you know what? I'm not bipolar. Right. Whatever. Uh, and every session, she wanted to approach that. And eventually, I stopped seeing her. Right. Finally. Uh, and at the same time, I'm going to my family. Of and they're kind of appeasing me. No, you're not crazy. Oh, just go pray about it. Yeah. You need to get back in church. Read this scripture. Do mm-hmm. this and do that. And of mm-hmm. course, I'm doing it because it's my mom telling me this. It's my grandmother. It's, it's my aunt. Of course. Um, so I want to go see my third psychiatrist after I had a really, really bad episode where I now know I was in a manic episode. Right. Um, and after coming out, I had done major damage. I had done physical damage, emotional damage. I had done a lot of damage yeah. to myself and to mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. So I want to go see the third psychiatrist. And I finally came to the realization, I need help. Right. Um, and so ever since then, this was actually October of 2017, I accepted that, that that diagnosis both of being depressed and bipolar and I've been mm-hmm. on um, the medication ever since. Okay, I, this is very interesting and I know that mm-hmm. a lot of times at times, especially in I will I just identify with the African American community, we have such strong values. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. And therefore, when we speak of mental health and prop and and potentially having these type of experiences, we kind of sway or we we get away from that subject or we don't want to deal with potentially seeing a psychiatrist or a professional or even being on medication. Exactly. And th- and that's almost historical. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's our values. Mm-hmm. That's almost a just a, a common belief between our culture, right? So what do you say to that? How can you speak to that? I know that in some of your writing you kind of speak to that, but can you share a little bit of, of, of your thoughts with the audience? Sure. Um I would say that it is okay. You are not alone. Um, when I was going through it, I felt 
so alone. Right. And I would want people to know and why I feel so passionately about mental health in the African-American community, especially in young people. Mm -hmm. You are not alone. We wow. have the resources, although they may be uh, limited, but they are re there are resources out there. There are people that can relate. There are people that can help you. Um, you just, I think we have a lack of knowledge right. of how to start or where to look or what to do. Um, so that, that, that's my thing, just right. for someone to know, hey, I can help you. I got you. I've been there. I can relate. Right. Let me let me help you and we can get through it together. I love that. I love that. Do you think that there is a common fear about just developing those type of relational bonds and those, um, you know, just I, I guess it would be almost based in fear and a lack of trust. So mm -hmm. therefore, do you think that mm -hmm. there's a fear that motivates us not to want to tell others and build those type of, of bonds? Absolutely. Um, I I don't want anybody to think I'm crazy. I don't want anybody to think right. I'm off. So right. that's what, you know, that's a fear. So you keep it inside and it, and it gets worse. Right. I don't want to be labeled. You know, I don't want anybody to talk about me, and especially with social media and technology. I need to seem perfect. I need to seem as if my I life is that. this or mm -hmm. my life is that. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to seem as if I do need help. I do need medication. I am out of control. Right. Fear plays a huge part in it, in developing those relationships with other people that can help. Right. But I think for people that have been through it um, mm -hmm. and are able to help, we have to be steadfast in our position yes. and willing to help. Right. Hey, I know you're scared, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm right. still going to help you until you realize it, that you need it, that you need me and I'm here. Right. I love that. I love that. I think that um, something you said just a, a second ago, which my thought had left me initially, was you mentioned the word labels. I think that's so mm -hmm. prevalent mm -hmm. in our world today because we're so quick to stigmatize and label people. Absolutely. And, and of course, with us not always being licensed, licensed therapists or doctors or psychiatrists to particularly label someone, we can do more damage than good to our community by killing the spirits of yep. others and labeling them. And then they just catch on like wildfire. Did you have any personal experiences with um, being labeled? Um, I don't, not necessarily because right. I think I kept it so under wrap okay. that it didn't really get out so that pe uh, that a lot of people knew. I will say that when I told a couple of my best friends, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, they re they didn't react how I needed them to react. I understand. They reacted as if, oh my God, see, are you crazy? Oh, I right. knew you were crazy. And right. that was a hard blow and I shut down. Right. right. So if that was a label, then that was how I experienced it. But it being on a on a more uh, grand scale, I fortunately I did not experience that part of it. Right, I I love that because a lot of people are suffering silently 
because they've mm-hmm. been labeled Absolutely. and therefore their sickness or the illness gets sometime progressively worse as you kind of alluded to mm-hmm. earlier because we're not seeking the proper help that we need and I, I really agree with you 1000% when you say that uh, we don't have that trust in building that relationship because we're so afraid of being labeled or we're afraid that we're not going to get the yeah. help that we need. So I think that that was perfect when you suggest to reach out to the community to get those resources, family. Why are you passionate about sharing your story? As a matter of fact, let me let me skip back one. What what are you currently doing with the word in time? Since we kind of heard the foundational principles of why you wrote sure. it, what what are, what are you currently currently doing with 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 the word in time so my I'm currently just trying to build my audience um Mm -hmm. my whole goal is to help if my story or what I've gone through or what I write um can help just one person I'm I'm fine that would be great um so I'm currently just trying to build my audience building my website trying to get um more products out there building a, a positive platform for myself and then eventually bring other people on so that we are a community of people that can reach out to everyone and help. Yes. I don't want it to be just me. Um, One of my favorite sayings, a word at a time, it just takes one word to change a life. Yes. Either if if it's positive or negative, one word, that's all it takes. And for me, I would like for a word at a time to be that positive to change someone's life in any aspect. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So why are you so passionate about sharing your story, especially revealing mental health issues? A lot of us shy Mm -hmm. away from that. So why are you so passionate? Because I wish someone had been passionate um, when I was going through or someone had been as transparent with me. Mm-hmm. So I want to be what I what I needed for someone else. Right. Um, so that's where it stems from for me. I want to be what I needed. So therefore, yeah. if I if I know what I needed, so I need to. I'm going to be that for someone else. I'm going to build my platform. I'm going to build my brand around that. Tell me what you need, and I will be that to help right. you. Right. So that's uh, where my passion comes from, just being transparent about it all and just just helping. I just want to help. I love that. I love that because we live in a day and age where so many people don't want to help. So I love that. I yep. love that you're passionate about that. When did you realize that you were suffering with depression? Um, in twenty. 20- 15, again, the situation my husband happened in January 2014, so mid-2015, I started having um, suicidal thoughts, Mm -hmm. and it was horrible. It was horrible, and it actually got to the point where I did try um, Mm -hmm. to commit suicide, and I was committed to a mental health hospital for Mm -hmm. five days, Right, Mm -hmm. and I knew then you Sierra, you need help. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. you need help. Um, this isn't normal. This isn't how you you're supposed to feel. You aren't supposed to be in this dark space. And right. I was just functional. Right. That was it. I was just functional because I had kids and I had responsibilities. But that was it. I was just functional. Nothing less. 
and nothing more. Right. Um, but after my, my stay in the mental health hospital, I knew I needed help. Right. I love that. So when you were in the mental health, mental health institution, did what was that interaction like? I mean, did the doctors then, because I know you went through a series of doctors, which we all have in some respect of, mm-hmm. for something in life. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that interaction like? Oh, wow. Those first couple of days mm-hmm. I shut down. I was like, you, well, because how it happened, um, I was initially admitted to the hospital after mm-hmm. I tried to commit suicide. The doctor said they were going to put me in a 72 hour hold. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll be out in 72 hours. They then decided to keep me longer because I, they recognize she needs more than 72 hours. So when I first got there, I was like, I'm not like these people. Right. You know, they had some serious um, individuals with some serious mental health issues, you know, schizophrenia and things of that of nature. And I said, you know what? I'm not like these people. And then in my mind, that's how I, I, I put them in a category, these people. Right. And I wouldn't participate in any of the sessions. Um, there was no interaction. There was none mm-hmm. with anyone. Um, and then finally, one of the on-staff psychiatrists was like, you know what, Mrs. Arnold, you have to participate. We're going to keep you. Right. I recognize that you need help. We're trying to help you. Um, and so then once I started participating and opening up and realizing it was no longer these people, that it was mm-hmm. us, that we were mm-hmm. all in the same boat, that we mm-hmm. were all battling mm-hmm. something, but just on a different level. Yes. Um, that's when it became real. And I decided to move forward in the process of healing. I love that. And, and, and continuing on, I read your post entitled, you're not crazy. And, and I really mm-hmm. love that. And of course it interests me because I knew the specifics of our interview today, but you encourage people to understand that they are not alone. What steps could mm-hmm. one take to help when they feel suicidal or depressed in, in your experience, from your experience? Reach out anyone mm-hmm. I, I guarantee you if you tell someone I'm having really bad thoughts they won't shut you out you know especially if we have a support system they're not right. going to shut you out I didn't reach out Re- so that's your first step reach out to someone anyone and talk I think it really helps when you get it out in you get it out of your head because when you get it out of your head and you make it tangible it doesn't seem as bad right so reach out Talk, write it out, start looking for resources, whatever you have to do to come out of that space. But first, you have to want to come out of that space. Right. You have to want to. Um, But most importantly, your first step, you have to reach out. You have to. Because, I mean, nobody's a mind reader. I don't know what you're going through unless you tell me. Exactly. I love that. And in one of your, in that particularly in your blog post, you also, you talk about the community, which we kind of alluded to earlier and how that there are resources. And sometimes I think that we don't understand that there are resources for us to get help. And Mm -hmm. like you're saying, to reach out, you write about your life struggles and hope to identify with others who have maybe suffered the same way. How has that influenced your life mission? It 
it kind of powers me if it makes sense to stay okay. Mm-hmm. You know, to to stay in a good place, to stay level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I have if I have a life mission, I cannot do that mission from a dark and bad place. I, I like that. So that's mm-hmm. my fuel to to keep going. If I want to help, I have to help and be okay. I have to be mentally healthy to help you. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly. you know, that's that's my push behind my mission and to keep me healthy. Exactly. I have to be healthy to help you get healthy. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? I mean, I know that, you know, sometimes we hear people's story and we can relate, but what does that actually look like when you say, I have to help myself in order to help you? You know, does that, is that sometimes considered just a a, a deterrent or a cliche? But does it really mean I have to help myself in order to help you? I mean, Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that? It, it really means I have to help myself. Um, I think, especially with women, we're constantly on the go. We're right. always doing, doing, doing. Yes. Um, whether if you're in a relationship, marry, or have kids, we have to take the time out to stop. Hey, you know what? I'm going to say no to this. I'm taking time to myself to get me together. Right, right. So it, it really, that. it really means taking care of yourself and being healthy, whether it's you know what? I'm going to the gym today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the library by myself. I'm going yes. to go to the park without the kids. Yes. I'm going to do something by myself because I'm going to stay healthy. Yes. If I'm bogged down and I'm tired and I'm sleepy and I'm aggravated and I'm hungry, I, I'm, I'm of no use to anyone. To anyone. So I it truly that. means staying healthy. It's not, you mm-hmm. know, it's not, I know it's, it may sound a little cliche, but it truly means doing what you have to do for yourself to stay healthy mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Yes. I love that. I love that. Now you speak about spiritually, you speak about staying healthy mm-hmm. spiritually. What is the significance of adding for some it's Christianity for some, it may be some, some other mm-hmm. realm, you know, meditation or whatever they choose to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, for you, for me, I know it's God. You seemingly as God as well. What, how, mm-hmm. what is mm-hmm. the role that Christian? I think your faith, has to come into play. And trust me, I know it's hard. I went through a, a dark place where I was like, I, why me, God? I hate you, God. Like, I I wanted to sever that relationship with God. But I think whatever religion or whatever um, spiritual practices you may have, you have to rely on your faith in that dark place. I will be okay. My, my God or... Um, my practices, my spirit will bring me through. It's all about faith until you get to the other side. For me, my, my me being, I grew up Baptist, um, Christian, that played a huge part mm-hmm. in my healing, a very huge part once I got past the stage of disliking God. Um, I mean, because he took me through. He took me through. But I mean, it's all for a reason because I, I'm a of testimony course. for someone else. I'm a firm believer. You never go through anything for you. It's always for someone else. Yes. Um, so once I got past that, 
me and God, you know, like that's my homie now. And then we, right. it's all about faith. Right. It's all about faith. When you get in that dark spot and I still have my days, I'm like, all right, God, where are you? Give me your hand. Give me a sign. Right. So you got to stay strong in your faith or whatever it is that you subscribe to spiritually. Right. Right. Okay, Sierra, that, that's, that's, that's so important to understand that having faith will help us to cross that bridge and having that religion mm-hmm. to fall back on and knowing that your God mm-hmm. will help you through any circumstance. I, I'm so glad that you included that into your segment. So you are passionate about young mothers. We're going to kind of take a little bit of a turn a little bit and talk, talking further talk about your or discuss your passions so you are passionate about young mothers and the youth thereby Mm -hmm. you you state that education guidance and prayer helps them to navigate through life is this Mm -hmm. a form of therapeutic healing of sorts for some absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. i i really think so um especially for our youth for Mm -hmm. our, our younger generation it does most definitely i i love that i love that you incorporate that into your 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 system or your motivational system to empower others so sierra sierra one Mm -hmm. in one of your blog posts when the plate pieces fall back together you state but as you grow older and life situation cause you to cherish life and relationships more closely, the hardness and hatred that you hold in your heart starts to soften. And the fact that forgiveness and family is powerful makes things that hurt you in the past trivial. Explain the power of forgiveness, of forgiveness from that perspective. Absolutely. Um, I think forgiving is such a, is so powerful. And I don't think a lot of us realize how powerful it is. Yes. Um, I know we've all heard this, but when you hold on, when, when, when you hold on to hatred or, or something negative, right. you're not hurting the other person. You're poisoning yourself. Of course. Um, and, and, and again, like I said in the blog, once you get older and you, 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 go through different things and um, you experience different things and, you know, you lose loved ones, you lose friends, you start to realize life yes. is short and I got to forgive to move forward. Yes. That's, that's huge. That is huge. And once I, and, and I even talk about it in my book, I had a lot of daddy issues. Once I let go of what my dad wasn't and realized what he was and yes. met him where he was mm-hmm. and forgave him, God, our, our relationship blossomed. I was wow. okay. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was like, okay, I, I, I let go of my anger for you. I let go of my hatred for you. I forgive you. Right. And that was tough. That took years. Right. That took years. I'm 31. And it, me and my dad went years without speaking because I, I wouldn't forget. It was in my mind. Wow. Forget you. You don't exist. Right. So forgiveness is powerful. Yes. It helps you heal. It truly yes. does. Um, even with my husband, I had to forgive my husband. Yes. And I had to forgive myself for the things and how I reacted towards him. Right. It's right. powerful. It truly I love is. That. 
I love that. Do you think that people suffer with many broken relationships because relationships because of having an unforgiving heart? Yep, we sure do. When you don't have an unforgiving heart, you're rotting inside. You're suffering. So then Mm -hmm. we have all these broken chains and broken relationships. And when you don't fix it, it carries on. It may carry on to your children. It may Mm -hmm. carry on to, you know, the other generation. It it carries on. And then it just gets deeper and it gets darker and it gets worse. And eventually it's swept under the rug. And it's like, okay, well, what happened? And no one knows. Mm-hmm. When all mm-hmm. it took was years ago, hey, I'm sorry, I forgive you. Right, right. I forgive you. I forgive myself. I forgive what you did. I forgive what you said. Right. That's all it takes. But sometimes and then you release yourself. Right. But do you know how you talk? Excuse me for uh, for interjecting. You know how you spoke about mm-hmm. earlier about how that. Um, we, we kind of go through life and we don't identify when we're having like a mental crisis, for example. Mm-hmm. I think that forgiveness mm-hmm. is in that same category. I mean, do you feel that sometimes we're going through life and we're, we're having all these experiences and we don't know why we're breaking relationships and, and it doesn't even have to be necessarily a mental health crisis. Do you think that sometimes right. that as even though we're learning how to identify mental health issues that we need to do some house cleaning emotionally, you know, to help Most us definitely. heal and grow? Okay. You can elaborate. You have to be cognizant. You have to be cognizant of the role you play as well. Right. Yes. It's not just other people. So you do, like you said, you do have to do some emotional housekeeping Mm -hmm. um, within. You know, let me check myself really quick. Let me get myself together. Let me see where I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also it. It paves a clearer path towards healing whatever your healing um is for when you get yourself together emotionally and you're in check with yourself yes it helps you and then you're able to like you said it ties back into the forgiveness it ties back into the mental health you have to be cognizant of your self right it's all it all it all plays a part Mm mm-hmm I love that. No, I love that. I totally can identify, totally identify with you, especially with forgiveness. I did a study on forgiveness and what I found it is, it is almost like a love affair. You know, you just, you got to break down those barriers and really open your heart to see that the other person played a role, but you had a role as well. So let's take another small turn. Yeah, exactly. A little bit, because I want to continue into the the healing with words. I loved reading your blog post. This is going to kind of be a dramatic change. The train ride (laughs) part one, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I love that this is, we're going to add a little laughter in this. We were kind of heavy just a minute ago. Yeah, I must tell you, you had me on edge of my with anticipation and writing for what was going to happen waiting for what was going to happen next when is part two going to be available i am ready queen what is in all in all seriousness what inspired that piece um it it was actually a real piece i just indulged it a little bit i used to take the train um Mm -hmm. to work to uh, bypass traffic and save gas and whatnot. Right. Uh-huh. And all I would do 
would people I, I would people watch. Right. I had my headphones on and I would people I would just watch the different type of people getting on and off the train because I was on right. for like 30, 40 minutes. Right. And it, it really was this really tall, good looking guy. Uh-huh. And I pulled out my phone and <laughs> yes. um, I write on my notes in my yeah. phone. And I started typing away. Right. And I would look up periodically yes. to, you know, to get more motivation from him. And he had no idea because I didn't, of he didn't know who I was. I didn't know who he was. Of course. But I really was on the train looking at this really tall, good looking guy. Right. And I just ran with the story. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I know you say you're going to let me know, but I really, audience, I really am. <laughs> you, you need to go sign up for her newsletter because that is truly a different piece because I think sometimes we get so boggled down with, oh, we got to do this. We got to do responsibilities. But sometimes, family, it is okay to laugh. And like you said, make really something is. so simple, make it into your own. And you created this one wonderful piece where you have me mm, what I'm, <laughs> I'm reading this part of your story so what inspired you be, to become a spoken word artist and and while you're speaking about that real quickly what inspired you just holistically to be a writer so what inspired you to become a spoken word artist first so in regards to spoken word it, it was never I never went out and was like, well, I want to do spoken word. Right. Um, I went to uh, a place called Cat Cafe in Atlanta one night. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's just like a bunch of different creative artists. They yeah. sign their name on the list. They get called up and they do their pieces. Right. Um, and I jumped off the bridge and decided to do one of what? mine. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, the adrenaline rush that I felt being yeah. up on that stage and people understanding and connecting Mm-hmm. It was such a natural high for me. I wow. absolutely loved it. And at that point, I'm like, yep, this is what I want to do. Yes. I mm-hmm. want to do spoken word. I want to be on the stage. I want people to hear me. Yes. Um, and I started doing it. I started going to small different venues in Atlanta, performing my different pieces. Mm-hmm. Um Oh God, I love it. I absolutely just love being on the stage and connecting with people. I love that. I love that. So, and I know you kind of talked about as you were younger, you used writing as kind Mm -hmm. of a, uh, you know, just an instrument to kind of get you through. And Mm -hmm. since we're talking about healing through words real quickly, because I want you to have at least a, a minute or two to do our last little project. But what, what, what inspired you to write? Like, where else did that come from outside? of just dealing with you know you had a circumstance going on did you ever think mm-hmm. or know that you mm-hmm. wanted to be a writer um I didn't because as a kid I'm like oh I can't make any money doing that and I can't right that doesn't make any sense but it it became a passion and I truly am a lover of words yeah I like how I feel it. Mm-hmm. words can be put together in such a way that it moves you Yes. And no one else can do that, but I can do that. Right. Or no one else can make it sound like you just made it sound. Of course. Um, that, I just, I just love it. When I'm writing, mm-hmm. I just get such a, a butterfly feeling. Like when someone has really loves to do something, a basketball player, a football player, when they really yes. love it, they get excited. Yes. I get excited to write. Um, and again, like you said, I've been writing since I was in the fifth grade and I won awards in elementary school, but I never thought. I would be a writer or want to aspire to be one, but I absolutely love it. Like it, I'm a lover of words and books and, 
everything right. is written down on paper. Like if someone writes about you, you'll never be forgetting, forgotten. forgotten. I, was, I apologize, forgotten. I heard that. And, um, someone told me that and I was like, oh my God, it's deep. If yes. someone writes about you, you will never be forgotten. I and love I heard, that. I was like, oh, I'm a writer. I'm a I writer. I write forever. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sierra, you shared pieces of your heart today, and, and thank you, concerning how words can heal and soothe the soul. I would like to invite you to share one of your poems, another piece that I read of yours. I'm telling you, because I love to read. I, I used to do it all the time, more so before I was in school. But anyway, I, I would love for you to recite with you. I want the audience to experience your porch, your poem from the art and the, the spoken word perspective with you family this is a powerful and illuminating poem okay sierra if you don't mind could you please give us give us that joy i sure can there's this space where only you and i exist we've created this world this place this amplitude of time where there's just us mm. me and you where we've fallen out of reach out of reality with you, I'm all of me, but none of me. With you, I give my all, but nothing at all. With you, I fear nothing but everything at the same time. I fear mm. losing you. I fear the end of this. With you, I'm not broken, but never really whole. With mm. you, I feel that I've never felt. Yet with you, I'm numb to what I know will come. Mm. Here we go. Do y'all hear that audience? I'm giving Sierra the snaps. Snaps. Thank you so much, Sierra. That was wonderful. Give us give us real quickly your website so that people can find you. Sure. It's a word at a time LLC dot com. Um and from there you will find all my social media handles so that you can Follow me on social media as well as subscribe to my newsletter um, and you'll get the updates when I post my blog. I, so a word at a time, LLC.com. I love that, Sierra. You have really, really blessed this platform today. I loved your passion. I loved your energy. And I am elated to have participated in this show today. I know that someone somewhere was touched with this wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much to the Savvy Speaks podcast guest, the other queen of the round table, Miss Sierra Arnold, author of A Word at a Time, Healing Through Words, where you can find out more about this powerhouse at www.iamlisanobles.com. And as a bonus, please visit www.iamlisanobles.com slash resources.html where you can receive free podcast resources for downloading the show today. I love you. I truly do. And thank you for being a part of the show. And remember, family, my mantra, you are a unique combination of experiences, clothed in purpose, strength, and destiny, family. Have a great week, and I'll see you right here, right there, next time on the Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast. Bye-bye, and thank you for coming. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast with Ms. Lisa Nobles, online at imlisanobles.com and on Facebook and Instagram at EWOFP. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast. Activate, motivate, inspire.